Hey folks, welcome to the Friday show here on the Culture Jack podcast. I'm your host, Dustin. And today on the show, I'm going to talk a lot about movie delays. Well, it's going to be mostly about movie delays. I'm going to talk a little bit about the implications of the Disney remake Mulan's success, or in this case, failure on Disney+. Plus. And uh, a little bit about a couple of the things that I'm watching and also some new developments regarding the Spider-Man 3 multiverse or Spider-Verse. It's a live action Spider-Verse, I think. I don't know. Anyway, we'll get into it. But to start off, I saw recently a trailer for uh, Dune. Now, I have, I mean, I think I've seen the original Dune. I think my, my father showed it to me. When I was, you know, one or two years old, I was a, I was a very small child. But it, being a science fiction fan himself, he thought he should expose me to it, and I don't disagree. However, I never have seen it. I'm currently listening to the audiobook, but it's been delayed. It's been delayed till 2021, which is good for me because I wanted to go into the movie with the knowledge of the audiobook in my head, so I could. Uh, compare the characters and the setting and, and see if the movie did it justice. And I, I have a hard time with that now thinking like if I was a longtime fan of the book, would it then stand to reason that I could be a little more critical of the film, the adaptation and go, Hey, this adaptation is not living up to my expectations rather than the M I the, the M I am now the the who that I am currently going well I'll just I'll read the audiobook a few months before the movie comes out and then I will be able to be that highfalutin dune fan that says no they did this wrong and this character is not right and that's not how they're portrayed in the book so far the book's really good uh the audio narration in it is really it it, it cost me a little little money it's like $20 or something but I'd say it was it was well worth it. And Dune, as far as the trailer that they just released, if you haven't seen the trailer, it looks incredible. And I believe, if my understanding is correct, that Dune is it's a it's a movie, it's a book that inspired an entire genre of books and movies and fictions to include, but not limited to, uh, Star Wars. So that's pretty interesting. The the next James Bond movie is going to be delayed. No Time to Die. It's going to be delayed until uh, 2021 as well. Which is, it's perfect timing for me. Because, honestly, I haven't, uh, I haven't seen like the last two James Bond's movies. I think this is the one that everyone on the internet was in an uproar about because there's a new 007 coming in, uh, a black woman, and that's got people people online miffed. Um, but uh, what's his name? Daniel Craig is still the, the lead role. He's still James Bond. And so people do get inflamed about that, especially on the internet. People on the internet get inflamed about most things. But I talked about last week about uh, gender swapping and race swapping characters um, to to different roles in different adaptations. 
And in this case, if it's as I understand it, this is the best way to do something like that, where you're not necessarily replacing the character, but you are um, effectively passing the mantle or passing the torch. Like it makes sense. I know these characters are supposed to live forever and never die because they are works of fiction, but it makes sense if you're going to use the same actors that those actors would get old and then canonically be able to tell a story where the mantle of the double 007 figure has gone from person to person to person. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think they're fine movies. I remember the first one Daniel Craig was in and he was doing all the crazy acrobatics and he was kind of a young James Bond who really hadn't come into his own as a super spy yet, but it was action packed. It was fun. And it was either that one or the one after where dude got hit in the nuts with the chair, <laughs> with the chair. Uh, very, very painful. Not all movies are being delayed though. There's some movies like uh, Mulan being released directly to video. And you all know my feelings on Mulan. I, I did the entire podcast a few weeks ago about it. But Mulan was released direct to video. And uh, Christopher Nolan, against all odds, him and Warner Brothers decided that they were going to put the movie Tenet right into the movie theaters. And so Tenet's been playing for a few weeks now, I believe. And so far, uh, a Christopher Nolan film has only worldwide gotten $146 million in its box office ticket sales. That is abysmal. That's not, not any good. And I mean, uh, talking about kind of this ongoing delay, more and more movies are being delayed and delayed and we'll get, we'll get to talk about a couple of them here in a minute. It seems like actually, actually I'll just bear with me. I want to talk a little bit about Mulan. So, uh, Tenet got $146 million. Mulan with their strategy of releasing on Disney for a premier access where you pay $30. It's a one-time payment. And then you get Mulan early, um, for the rest of your Disney plus subscription. And then the rest of the people on Disney plus will get that movie whenever it comes out regular on Disney plus in, in a few months. Uh, but 66 million is what Mulan got. And I was crunching the numbers with my brother and we figured, you know, if there's, um, I can't remember how many Disney plus subscribers we said there were like 10 million or something. And if each of them, uh, bought the, bought the $30 price, then it would be, uh, it would be like 1.1.7 billion dollars or something. And then if half of them did, it would be at, well, of course, half of that. So you got, um, you know, one, you got 800, 800, 900 million dollars. Uh, but it looks like <laughs> it was not a large majority of Disney plus subscribers at all. And I think that this move, if it's any indication from what I'm hearing of, from the, the industry pundits presently, that this move was the wrong one. And so 
my greatest fears are coming to fruition wherein they're not going to release Black Widow on Disney Plus, which they should release release the Black Widow, please, on Disney Plus. Um so one of the industry pundits that I'm talking about uh listened to a podcast called Fat Man Beyond. It's Kevin Smith and Mark Bernard. And Mark Bernard, he last week was talking about Mulan and talking about it in a way that he said that Mulan was kind of a canary in a coal mine for Disney Plus. They were testing the waters with Mulan. And he said, had that movie released theatrically, it would have made uh, many, many millions of dollars, if not be it been a you know billion dollar Disney movie. Um, parents would have brought their children to it four or five times. And Mark Bernard, I disagree. Mulan, like I said before, Mulan was not the wonderfully characterized adaptation of a beloved animated movie that it should have been. It was some hackneyed Chinese propaganda. By the way, the lead actress was a huge supporter of China versus Hong Kong. And she was like, you know, fuck the people of Hong Kong. She didn't say that, but she wasn't a, wasn't a, uh, a great supporter of Hong Kong. It was kind of a, a shill for the Chinese government, but that's, you know, that's her choice. It's her opinion, but you don't need to need to be associated with that kind of propaganda. You want to have a nice neutral bias, um, when you're, when you're marketing and selling a movie, me thinks. So with Mark Bernard's comments, I feel like the the industry is is learning the wrong lesson. So Mulan released for $30 premium access fee. I think if that didn't work out well for them, they should try I don't know, maybe a a $40 uh, one-time showing or something, whatever a pay-per-view event is. So people can buy the pay-per-view event, they can watch it one time, and then it's done with. They don't get to watch it again. And then a few months down the road, maybe they offer this $30 premium access where they get to keep it on their thing. And then maybe uh, a few months down the road, they offer uh, offer it free or $15 or, or something for a reduced price. And then finally release it for free a few months later after that. I think you would have people that would get on that train at all all stages of the <laughs> of the train ride, I guess. I know I know we would have paid for it, unfortunately, because um, I have too many people in my family that think that that is something that you need to see right away. I knew Mulan was, I knew it was a mistake. I knew it the whole time. You can call me Nostradustin. I knew this stuff. I just think that there is, there is a dimension out there where Disney Plus has a successful release of on-time blockbuster movies that works for the company and that works for the consumer. I think there is. Uh, some more movie delays that went on uh, or that were announced. Um, we've got four DC movies delayed by Warner Brothers. The new Batman movie with Robert Pattinson 
is going to be delayed um, to March 4th, 2022. Uh, the Flash was on uh, June 3rd of 2022. Now it's being moved to November 4th. Shazam 2 is is kind of going to take the Flash spot now on uh, June 2nd of 2022. And then finally, uh, Black Adam uh, has... <laughs> It's been completely taken off of the release calendar for Warner Brothers in D.C. It was planned for uh, December the 22nd, 2022. However, they said, nope, that's not happening. You got to wait, wait on Black Adam, which leads me to wonder. Is Wonder Woman 1984 going to be released on time? Like it's scheduled for a Christmas Day release right now, December 25th. And I just can't imagine that they would delay all these other movies and put Wonder Woman out on time. There's a couple other movies that are being released in December, too. The, there's a new Monster Hunter movie based on the, the popular video game franchise. And then the Free Guy movie with uh, Ryan Reynolds is set to release on December 11th. But it just... I mean, it it blows my mind that not movie theaters, because movie theaters are, they're maybe in their dying throes. I don't know, but they are, they are struggling to come up with a new business model that will suit them. And a large part of a business model for these exhibitors is you have to have people, you have to have people to go to see these movies or else you're not going to make your money on the popcorn and the, and the drinks and the ticket prices and the like. And these movie companies, I don't feel like can just keep making and stacking up movies. Add infinity. They can't do it forever. I mean, I guess they could, but at, at some point you'd think, all the hundreds and millions of dollars that they're throwing down the drain for these movies that they're just sitting on. Well, one or two CEOs would turn their head, I think. And so I think, I think that the producers and the exhibitors need to make a change. I don't feel like it is the death of the movie theater. I don't feel like that even though Regal Cinemas uh, did say that they are closing indefinitely uh, starting on the airing of this podcast yesterday on October 8th. Uh, Regal Cinemas are, are closing, I believe, at least their U.S. locations, maybe their U.K. locations as well. Um, I don't think it'll be the complete death of theaters because once things return to just a modicum of normality. People are going to want to go do things again. When people feel like it's safe to get out, people are going to want to get out. But right now, even if you open up the theaters and even in those places where theaters are open, they're just not getting, they're just not getting the turnout from the the general population. And I think that producers are going to need to change their format. Most everyone has a Roku box 
or Amazon Fire Stick or Apple TV or Smart TV or Smartphone that they can stream these things on. And whether it's for a premium price, an extra price, an added tier, whatever it is, I think you can put big blockbuster, big budget movies out on these services and do well. I mean, you have to be able to. Uh, I wanted to talk to you for a moment about Jamie Foxx. As Jamie Foxx, it's recently been announced, is going to reprise his role as Electro from the Andrew Garfield the Amazing Spider-Man movies in the Spider-Man uh, 3 movie starring Tom Holland. Now, this has led to a lot of speculation online that, you know, why would this character, especially portrayed by the same actor, be appearing in the new Spider-Man, the one that is adjunct to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and also Sony's Spider-Man Universe, perhaps? And the, the thinking goes is... Well, he's going to uh, he's going to be starting the Spider Verse, like it's going to be another one of those multi multiverse stories in the MCU. And that rumor is further being compounded by the news that uh, Tobey Maguire will reprise his Peter Parker, and Andrew Garfield will also become Spider Man once again. Uh, and be featured in Spider-Man 3. Now, it, featured might be a strong word because what I heard was there was it was going to be like an after credit scene, perhaps, or something else. But that's amazing if we get the Spider-Verse. Because we got Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, the animated film, and that was amazing. And I think Sony was just lubing up the audience, getting them ready uh, to take this big old they take this big old piece of news. <laughs> And even more than that, even more than uh, Toby and Andrew joining Tom, Benedict Cumberbatch is set to be the MCU bridge character like Iron Man was uh, for the first Spider-Man film, like Nick Fury was for the second Spider-Man film, uh, for this third Spider-Man film. And... (sighs) Just we've got Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness coming up soon, WandaVision, and now with this potential Spider-Verse, it feels like I know I've I've pronounced my love for these multiverse type situations and these arcs before on the podcast. But I just think it's so cool that they're doing this stuff in these live action movies where Comic book movies and superhero movies would have to find all kinds of justifications and all kinds of fake science to justify the outrageous and outlandish things that their characters were doing in the movies. But now audiences are so familiar with these characters, so familiar with these bombastic ideas that they can just throw us a spider verse. They can just throw us a multiverse. They can just have Wanda Maximoff tear down the universe and reality as we know it to rebuild it in something she likes in an old-fashioned sitcom. And nobody bats an eye. And I think that's just, I just think that's great. 
I'm watching a few shows right now. Um, I'm keeping up with the boys. I'm actually, I'm recording this episode on Thursday night. And so as soon as I'm done recording and while I'm putting it in the old editor, I'm, I'm going to consume the season two finale episode number eight of the boys. Have you guys been keeping up with the boys? I won't say anything for fear of spoilers. I would never do that to you. Oh my Lord, though. This show, I've said it before, or or maybe Anthony said it before, but this is the reality of what people would do if they had extra extraordinary gifts and abilities. They would abuse them. <laughs> I remember I was in a uh, like a high school or a college psychology class, and they talked about people being either intrinsically good or intrinsically evil, and they're either intrinsically good with some bad aspects or intrinsically bad with some good aspects. And it's a show like this that makes me believe that people are intrinsically bad with some good aspects, some, some, uh, redeeming qualities, but very few, very few. <laughs> and my cousin Jesse said that if Iron Man didn't cure cancer immediately, he is a huge supervillain and Superman, there should be no crime anywhere in the world if he was a, if he was a real person, but they're egomaniacs that dress up in, in spandex and play around or something along those lines. Jesse, I'm sorry if I've misquoted you. I'm also watching uh, Love Lovecraft Country. <laughs> I got to say, I'm not as familiar with the works of H.P. Lovecraft as I feel like I, I need to be. Apparently, he was a notorious bigot and a racist, but one of his creations, Cthulhu, is is a very popular kind of internet cultural phenomenon. And I would be remiss if I did not tell you that I have not dabbled in the Cthulhu memes myself once or twice. These stories about madness, I mean, they're very intriguing to me. And it's funny because the show is set in the South uh, during the time of Jim Crow where there were the um, segregation and sundown towns and just places that not all people felt like they could be safe. And so that uh, juxtaposed over these just nightmarish horrors and monsters and magic from the HP Lovecraft lore is it's kind of ironic. It's kind of interesting that there is, I don't know, that over overlap. And I don't think it was, I don't think it was lost on the creators of the show either. It's very intentional, but it's very, very good. I also just finished, um, this is, a, this is another HBO Max show. We recently got HBO Max. I don't know if there's enough on it to keep our interest, but I will keep you updated right now. Lovecraft Country, and I just finished... Raised by Wolves. There's another one on there that I was going to watch. Doom Patrol. I want to see Doom Patrol on it. 
but I just finished Raised by Wolves, which is supposed to be kind of a prequel to Prometheus, and I don't remember that movie well enough to tell you if it is or is not. And to be honest, I don't, I couldn't tell you if I saw that movie or not. But the basis of the film is the film, the the movie. No, it's not a movie. It's not a film. It's not a movie. The the series is that there is a war on Earth uh, waged between these religious zealots and these warlike atheists, and both factions escape the Earth before it is destroyed or. Uh, uninhabitable, and they send off their missionaries, their their seeds for these other planets. Um, the religious folks, they tuck everybody into hibernation and they go off, and then the atheists shoot off a couple androids with some some baby embryos, and then they hatch the embryos, and through... Uh, the twists and turns of fate and also the writing of the show. The two factions meet up on another world. Sparks fly. Um, A very interesting birth takes place. What else can I tell you without spoiling too much? I guess I can't. I guess I can't. Oh, the, the male android tells many, many jokes and he's, he's pretty funny. And the, The relationship between the male and the female android, mother and father, and the children is very, very endearing, and then also very, very horrifying. With these couple of shows, The Boys, Lovecraft Country, and Raised by Wolves, they're released on a weekly basis. So you can't just binge them if you're if you're starting with the season. I mean, you can binge them now, now that they're they're out or most of them are out. But it's interesting how how things come back around. Because with the advent of the internet and then the ensuing takeover of uh, from mainstream life by Netflix from Blockbuster Now we can stream everything we want as soon as we want and get it all. And it feels like some of these streaming services are making a concerted push to once again deliver us content week by week by week. So we have to wait for the next episode to air. And I don't think I mind it. I mean, if if I want to keep up with a contemporary show that's just going on, I think it builds some of the anticipation and it and it fuels my desire to see what happens next to these characters and this story. And so I don't think it's I don't think it's a huge problem. I'd be very interested to know what you think. If you if you're on a platform that you can leave a a comment, please do that. Let me know. If you know me in person, just just tell me. What do you think? Do you like binging all the time or do you like having that suspense built into the the formation of a television program got a couple other television programs that are coming up on disney plus and i was talking with my brother about disney plus and it has been surprisingly barren there's not a lot of new content on there uh one of them is the mandalorian and that's going to be coming out on october 30th and the other one is wandavision 
which is scheduled to be released in December. And this is one of the reasons why I think that these blockbuster movies could go on to their respective streaming services. Like, all of those DC movies didn't have to be delayed. They could go on HBO Max. All of those Disney uh, Marvel movies, they didn't need to be delayed. They could go on on Disney+. Plus. Is because The Mandalorian, at least season, season one of The Mandalorian, was rumored to cost about $100 million. That's for eight episodes. And WandaVision, for six episodes, costs $150 million. So, I think it's not too much of a stretch of the imagination to say that these kinds of shows are a big draw for an audience for a place like Disney+. Plus. So, too, would a movie like Black Widow be. And it would cost about the equivalent amount. I know with a uh, serial-type programming, you can keep viewers on the hook for more and more episodes, longer and longer uh, amount of time, and then you, you go a little bit shorter time without that dry spell in the middle. I get that. But if you are trying to lure people to your service, what better way to say, this is the only place you can pick up the new Black Widow movie, the new Doctor Strange movie, the Eternals, Shang-Chi. If this was the only place you could go, you might go there. Anyway, that's just what I was thinking. I'm ending the episode. I hope you guys had an excellent week. I hope you're, you're, you got big plans for your weekend. You're going to have a good weekend. And stay tuned on Monday. Anthony's back with the Monday Madness Show right here on the Culture Jacked Experience. Remember, subscribe where you can. Leave a comment where you can. Leave us a review. That would help us immensely. I know, I know algorithms work in mysterious ways, but I, one way I know they do work is through interaction. So as much as you can interact with this podcast, oh, Anthony and I would be eternally grateful. Have a good weekend, everybody.